Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for November the 29th, the year of our Lord, 2021. This is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide. And absolutely, as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. Hope you're all doing absolutely fantastic. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration. It is a, wow, post-weekend broadcast, to say the least. It's tough to come back from a weekend of just absolute wonderful times. Spending time with God, family, and country, and loved ones, and friends, and just, man, it's just great stuff. Getting back in the saddle, always difficult, but we must carry on. We were not live on Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. We had so many things going on over the weekend. We did a rebroadcast, hopefully of an award-winning broadcast as well. But on Friday, we were live indeed with Chris Carlson. Chris Carlson always says, without God, we can never win. With God, we can never lose. The battle for freedom is the Lord's, but we need to be engaged in the fight. Amen to that. We had the discussion with Chris about all things liberty, as we always do every Friday on your radio. And we talked about the covered-up crimes of vaccine maker Pfizer. It's just another too-big-to-fail U.S. corporation. Uh, Dr. Gary Coles wrote the article. LewRockwell.com is where it appeared. And we talked about Pfizer as one of the largest multinational pharmaceutical drugs and uh, vaccine companies on the planet, ladies and gentlemen. And Pfizer has literally faced hundreds of thousands of lawsuits just in the United States for fraudulent marketing and medical injuries caused by its most prominent drugs and vaccines. And they're not only the most prominent drugs and vaccines, but the most profitable drugs and vaccines, I might add as well. We talked about Pfizer, believe it or not, even holds the record for the largest fine ever paid for a health care fraud lawsuit filed by the United States Department of Justice. Pfizer paid $2.3 billion in fines for that one instance alone. Uh, and I guess they got busted for illegal marketing claims. Pfizer is one of the five largest Vaccine manufacturers in the country, by the way, the, Fire, the Fiverr, Pfizer, Sanofi, Merck, GlaxoSmithKline, and Johnson & Johnson. AstraZeneca, by the way, is number 10, so they're kind of tiny, you know. <laughs> Operation Warp Speed, certainly in the mix and primarily responsible. Accelerated COVID-19 vaccination. It's now disaster on an experimental level. Donald Trump claimed that 100 million people would have died without Operation Warp Speed. No evidence whatsoever for that kind of a bogus, out-of-control claim. Is the COVID virus serious? Yes, it is. Are we taking the right precautions to solve it, to deal with it? Not a chance. The new CCP 
China virus, variant detected in South Africa now. Uh, I guess spikes or sparks travel ban uh, in Israel and Africa, and there's travel bans starting to be erected everywhere because of this new variant uh, that's going on. Second hour, we talked to the gun psychiatrist, ladies and gentlemen. And we talked about fully vaccinated Brian Adams announced a second COVID diagnosis in a month. I don't mean to laugh at this one, but this guy's vaccinated. They say breakthroughs, you know, breakthrough um, infections once vaccinated. Very rare indeed, they like to claim. But man, Brian Adams, poor guy, got vaccinated. He's had two outbreaks in a month for a single person. That's just crazy. Anyway, happy Thanksgiving. Here's your mask. Santa Cruz Kelly. County, the Santa Cruz County, California, literally <clears throat> issues home mask mandate before uh, Thanksgiving. And um, we talked about this, this is just crazy town. How are they going to mandate it? Well, they hope neighbors will rat on neighbors is how they're hoping to you know, bust you without your mask on. They're also hoping family members, relatives will be incensed by other insensitive family members and rat on your own family. We've turned into to uh, report on everyone around you, nation, sadly, in America as well. Now, the FBI had a Thanksgiving tweet that asked Americans to snitch on their dinner guests. So that's exactly how Santa Cruz, California, expects to get the upper hand on this, just to have all neighbors uh, just watch everybody and report on neighbors, family members, turn in all the bad guys is kind of the idea. But now the Dow drops 800 points as the new COVID-19 variant emerges. So we talked about that. We also talked about data from Israel shows that the COVID infection risk doubles 90 days after taking the vaccine. So that would indicate the vaccine may be making things better for the first 90 days, if you can live through it, Uh, but then it's getting much worse overall. The vaccines are not safe, they're not effective. Uh, They're under emergency authorization, but they, don't have the track record for stability that we need. Quote, we are planning to bring a suit to challenge the recent tidal wave of overreaching jabs, or you might call it job executive orders. None of them are willing to uh, tackle the document battle that we're willing to, says uh, the gun psychiatrist doing a great job. They're trying to put together a lawsuit, these groups. And it's a really important lawsuit that you ought to learn more about. Um, What's the uh, website for this? GetExempt.org is the website for that. GetExempt.org. In my opinion, very critical website. Uh, Has tons of resources to help you, ladies and gentlemen, get a handle on what exemption opportunities might be available for you. Is it possible for you to get an exemption? If so, how? Who do you go to? What forms do you need to fill out? Da-da-da. All that stuff. GetExempt.org uh, available just for you to go ahead and learn about it and get involved in it and, and figure out what you need to do. A lot of Americans are seriously struggling with this because the court said, hey, put a stay on this thing. Joe Biden and team says move forward. Companies are moving forward regardless. And the question becomes for these companies, they ought to really have a healthy dose of caution because what do these companies expose themselves to if they move ahead with a mandate beyond the scope of, you know, 
current authorization, etc. Time will tell. We'll keep an eye on that ball just for you. But wow, what a scary scenario that is, huh? All right, and then next hour we're going to be talking a lot about Rand Paul. Senator Rand Paul doing a great job taking on Dr. Fauci. And uh, what Fauci basically is starting to say now. You know, you kind of wonder, what is Fauci going to say next, right? Well, we'll tell you all about that. But it's called Omicron. Or Omicron. O-M-I-C-R-O-N. Omicron or Omicron uh, is the newest variant. They claim right now that it causes very unusual but mild symptoms. That's what a doctor in South Africa is saying. Uh, Dr. Angelique or Angel Week. Anyway, she's a, a doctor in Africa that's basically saying, hey, this virant or variant, I should say, Omicron is a uh, – right now we've got mild symptoms to it. Well, I hope she's right. I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, you know, it all depends on who gets it. As far as I can tell, sometimes it's very mild for people. Sometimes it's very brutal uh, for people. But this one supposedly has more variant capabilities than all the other ones hitherto. So we'll keep an eye on that ball and see if this Omicron is going to be worse or what's going to happen. Now, Fauci hinted that it's already in the United States. Uh, that's a big concern. Joe Biden putting travel bans in place to try to handle it and say, hey, let's not have people come over and get it. But really, frankly, folks, it's just a matter of time. Because even if you block travel, surely someone's going to come over that has it or somebody's going to meet in a third-party country uh, that has it and then transfer it to somebody else. And I mean, it might slow down the spread, but you're not going to avoid the spread with this thing. That's what you got to understand is these vaccines are here to stay. And these coronaviruses are here to stay. You can say, well, they came from a lab. You can say this and that and that. You know, you may be right on all that. That's what I believe. They came from a lab. But that doesn't change the reality that, you know what? Whether I think it came from a lab or not isn't important. The fact is it's going to be here to stay. And governments, drunk, overpowered governments are going to literally use this to the fullest extent to make sure their tyrannical agenda has moved forward. That's for sure. We see it over and over and over, don't we? We see it over and over and over. All right, that's a recap of the broadcast that took place on Friday. Still available at LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word. Share the love, if you will. Live and on-demand radio at your fingertips. Remember, we have an iPhone app and an Android app uh, that can go ahead and get you live and on-demand radio, as well as feedback and donations. And You can follow our Twitter feed and a whole lot more, LovingLiberty.net. But you can go to the iPhone store or the um, Android store. And uh, get your app today. Just look for the Loving Liberty app and download that, dude. And when you put that on your phone, then you'll have incredible listening capabilities uh, at your fingertips. All right, without further ado, our guest always is Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org. And uh, we'll talk to him in mere seconds. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. this great just the two of us no work no interruptions no phone no tv finally we have a chance to just talk 
I mean, how long has it been? Well, first of all, we should talk about your schedule. There are a few things that could use some adjusting, but overall, I think it's going all right. Basically, I, I think we're doing a pretty good job of communicating, which is good. You're doing a really good job of letting me know how you feel about things. I just, I, I want to keep the, the lines open, if you know what I mean. Jerry? It's four o'clock in the morning. What are you doing? Oh, I was... <laughs> I was just giving Emily a bottle. Who are you talking to? Emily. She's only three weeks old. And she's asleep. I know. I was just practicing. Family, isn't it about time? Isn't this great? Just the three of us. No work, no interruptions, no phone. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Abby Johnson was once director of a Planned Parenthood clinic in Bryan, Texas. After a moral crisis, she quit, and now she campaigns against what she once endorsed. They implement abortion quotas in all of their clinics. What do you mean, quotas? You have to perform a certain number of abortions every month. Um, one of the reasons that I left... Are they explicit about that? Yes. It's, it's in your budget, right there on the line item. Uh, one of the reasons I left Planned Parenthood was because uh, in a budget meeting, I was told to double that abortion quota. And for me, as someone who had spoken to the media and had said, you know, we're about reducing the number of abortions. We're about, you right. know, prevention, all of these other services. I was shocked. To so, hear since this. you actually worked at a Planned Parenthood, give us some sense of the relative number of abortions. Okay. Abortions, Planned Parenthood provides over 330,000 abortions a year. They right. are the largest single abortion provider in our country. Live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. Joining me now, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, RonPaulInstitute.org. Always doing a phenomenal job. Lowell, welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir. Thanks for having me, Sam. It's good to be with you. Man, there's so much to talk about, so little time. Uh, let's talk about Thanksgiving a little bit. I had a fantastic time uh, for Thanksgiving, and the weekend after we even celebrated it kind of elongated Thanksgiving. And on Liberty Roundtable Live, we kind of promoted and focused on and showed gratitude for and appreciation for Thanksgiving literally all week long. But the liberals, uh, it's just driving them flat out of their minds, lol. Sure is, Sam. And uh, when I read this column by, um, uh, I think, yeah, Ryan McMakin of the Mises Institute, I thought to myself, you know, I'd never heard this bit of history before. And thought that it would be worth sharing with our listeners uh, this morning, Sam, because for us, at least for me growing up and currently, Thanksgiving time is definitely my, my favorite holiday. It hasn't been commercialized like Halloween and Christmas and Easter, you know. Um, it's just very much family-oriented time, you know, time around the dinner table, time in the kitchen, uh, you know, preparing the food, time in the living room after the meal, you know, talking and Swapping stories, hearing uh, your family retell stories that are family favorites over and over. You know, a good story is just like a good song, Sam. You can listen to it over and over again, and it just gets better with time. <laughs> well, you're right. You know, the totalitarian um, regimes throughout history have not been friendly to the family. And uh, so this column by Ryan McMakin uh, illustrates this. He writes... Uh, 
you know, Thanksgiving Day involves mostly celebration of domestic and family life, which takes place primarily within the private and commercial spheres of life. Preparing a Thanksgiving meal requires shopping for goods, traveling to see friends and relatives, and so forth. And, you know, basically that's what we all do for Thanksgiving here in, in the States, I guess, or in, in, uh, in, the, in America. Uh, and uh, he, what he writes is this. He says, these gatherings reinforce the status of the family as a fundamental building block of human society. Okay? So that's the setup, right? Here comes the hammer now. It should, he, says, he writes, it should not shock us to learn that communist totalitarians once sought to eliminate domestic meals as a common aspect of civilized life. The destruction of the family as a bourgeois institution was explicitly listed among Marx's priorities for implementing the communist revolution. He explained, Sam, that after the Bolshevik revolution in 1917, the new regime addressed so-called housing shortages by placing families in communal apartments where seven or more families were expected to share a single kitchen and a single bathroom. Uh, McMakin writes, quote, the communists viewed domestic meals and meal preparation as wasteful activities. Both men and women, it was believed, would be better off spending their time in factories and other settings where production of industrial goods could be maximized. End of quote. So, so Lenin's regime even produced a propaganda pamphlet uh, entitled Down with the Private Kitchen, which framed private kitchens as ideological, reactionary, and ineffectual. And so the regime, the Lenin regime and later the Stalin regime, pushed people into government-run cafeterias and dining rooms, basically, they, where eating became a political activity, not a family activity. You know, many citizens, of course, continued to eat, quote-unquote, at home during this period of time. Basically, kitchens became a source of, of tension and conflict. You'd even see locks on, the, on various cabinets in the kitchen. Families would eat in staggered shifts. They might cook in the kitchen and then retreat to their rooms to eat their meal. One historian even wrote that the communal kitchen was a war zone and could be dangerous for people because any disloyal statement you might make in casual conversation might get you reported to the authorities. Well, not a pretty picture, Sam. And yeah, that you know that was, the, but but that apparently was life in the Soviet in the former Soviet Union post 1917. And so it's just one more reason, Sam. And I know you spent a lot of time on this week uh, or last week on Thanksgiving last week, but. Just one more reason why we need to, to be grateful for family-filled Thanksgiving holidays um, right here in our lap. We must not allow our families and our homes to be undermined by the government, Sam. Well, when you really read the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, you get a sense that the whole purpose of the proper role of government is for government to create a level playing field, for government to honor contracts, for the federal government to deal with foreign affairs as the states deal with domestic affairs. And really the purpose for government is to guarantee God-given inalienable rights. So the government serves as a support for us as individuals and families <clears throat> to provide for the protection of our rights, to allow us to remain free, to worship how, where, what we may, 
uh, to be free in our papers and our effects and our persons and in our homes, free to pursue the American dream, which is the pursuit of life, liberty, and the obtaining of property. Really, that together uh, initiates this happiness quotient that Americans uh, have sought or sought for so long. And I think that's a wonderful viewpoint that Americans understand that, you know what, we believe in God, family, and country, and government only exists to preserve and to help support that purpose and to make sure that some uh, evil player won't fill that vacuum uh, with a tyrannical agenda. And that's why there's so many checks and balances across the American um, proper role of government, vertically and horizontally, to make sure no one gains too much power. And the whole purpose of government is to allow us to worship as we choose and to remain free. Uh, and what's interesting to me is in contrast to that discussion is the sub, um, subversive documents, uh, the Communist Manifesto. And if you really read the Communist Manifesto beyond the ten planks that make a nation to be communist, the tenth plank is government school by compulsion, by the way, which is very interesting as well. Uh, but there's all kinds of things to do with taxes, and you've got to tax everybody, and you've got to control uh, all things that, that really jettison uh, the private property viewpoint of the Founding Fathers. It's really 100% 180 degrees from uh, our belief of the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights. The Covenant Manifesto is really its 180-degree opposition. Uh, but the reason that I bring this up is if you study the Communist Manifesto beyond just the Ten Planks, you gain this great understanding that the whole goal of communism is to deny God, to deny family, and replace country with a dictatorship. And the way they deny God is they say, look, you know what, government has now become the end-all and be-all of society. God is a crutch for those who uh, are unstable, those who are unfit to manage their own affairs, kind of a lie, right? And, and then when we get to the family, basically it's that men and women should not be together as husband and wife as God has ordained because there is no God now. God's a crutch for those feeble-minded ignorance who don't love tyranny greater than God, see? And uh, the family, on uh, if you follow this notion, is no more. Males and females are merely forced together for sexual creation of children, uh, the children then to be wards of and assets of the state. Uh, and that's why they want to divide the family. And at first glance, you could say, come on, Sam, this kitchen article about the kitchen. <laughs> uh, even communists have kitchens, Sam. Uh, yes and no. What we're talking about is this ability for families to be together free of government involvement, intervention, and propaganda. And what we're really talking about is the family to be led by a father and a mother who are co-equals, who have unique responsibilities to bring to the table. There's not 100% equality. The male and female are not identical. Okay, But there is a proper role of a father and a mother to lead a home under God's laws. And the two, male and female, coming together creates this synergistic reality that's greater than the sum of its parts. It's God's plan in action. And when a husband and a wife come together and the whole is greater than the sum of their part of the sum of its parts, and then they bring children into the world, you have this God ordained family, this fundamental unit of society, uh, that all, at least in America, all other entities are secondarily to and should be in support of this God ordained family. Well, it's no coincidence or no accident that communism directly assaults that fundamental unit. Because without destroying the family, 
communism cannot prosper. And so they must destroy the family, and the way they do that is they strike at the heart of marriage. And they divide husband and wife, and husband or male and female are only really designed to procreate for the government. And if you go study this, you will you will understand communism, that this is really the, the, the agenda here. And this column is brilliant because it really helps us understand. When we come back from the break, I'll articulate it a little bit further and then turn it over to Lowell. But it helps us understand why they want to strike at the heart of this. They cannot foster communism and socialism and promote their tyrannical agenda unless they jettison God and family. That's why they're striking at the heart of the family so hard with communism. But they're doing it very soft these days. We'll talk about it more in seconds with Lowell Nelson. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. A former police officer turned news security guard in the Bay Area of California was shot by smash and grab robbers in Oakland last week. Kevin Nishida died a few days later. He's being remembered on Fox News by 15-year colleague at Colma Police Department, Don Marchetti. Kevin was, uh, he was just a genuinely good person. He was caring and compassionate and just, you know, always, always going above and beyond what was necessary. Um, he was a great police officer, a great friend, a great co-worker, and, um, you know, he just was always there for anyone, you know, for anything. I mean, serving and protecting, was that was Kevin. President Biden will address the nation at 11.45 this morning to discuss the Omicron variant of COVID-19. USA Radio News. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it time for open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also when you can join MediShare and save even more than usual For the typical family, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. Think what you could do with that. But if you join right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. So that's another $170 you'll save. And MediShare is really different. It's a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. More than 400,000 people are members, and they've shared over $4 billion in medical bills. So, yes, they can handle your bills, too. This may be the time to make the switch. Join before November 30th for the additional savings. It's so easy to find out more. They're great to talk to. In fact, you can get a price within two minutes. Here's the number. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. With Dr. Fauci coming out Sunday claiming he is science, we're reminded of the misinformation he has delivered to the American people. Do not mask up at the beginning of the pandemic. Testifying in front of Congress that gain-of-function research was not being done in Wuhan, China. Dr. Scott Atlas, medical doctor on Fox News, is a former White House advisor and member of the Hoover Institution. You know, I I sort of, I I don't know honestly how to react to someone who says I am science. I don't think that my personal reaction needs to be said because I think almost every sane person has the same reaction. What I saw when I was in the White House was actually the opposite of that. What I saw from the people uh, on the medical people on the task force, doctors Burks and Fauci and Redfield, was something stunning. These are 40 people with 40 years of government bureaucrat positions. What I saw was nothing like that. What I saw were very uh, really sophomoric tab- tabulations of cases which you could download from anywhere. USA Radio News. 
All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, riding shotgun on the broadcast today. We're talking about this incredible article, Why why Commies Hate Your Thanksgiving Dinner, Ryan McMagan, with the incredible article. Uh, And really, I'm comparing communism to America's way of life. They're 180 degrees opposite. Uh, Communism denies God, wants to strike at the very heart of the family, because if the family is strong, communism cannot prosper. So they've got to divide male and female, and their only real coming together should be to make babies for the state, so to speak. And if you go study communism, you'll understand that, hey, they even want you to have multiple partners uh, so that you don't get tied to any person. Your goal is to make a baby for the state, not to fall in love. Uh, And so it's at the very heart of what we're discussing right now. And um, Thanksgiving really is the core to this because Thanksgiving you're grateful for your God, for your family, for your country. People spend time together out of the eyes of the state, and they can't stand it, Lowell. Well, exactly right, Sam, because because they cannot surveil what goes on in the private home. They, They don't want people to live in private homes. They would much rather have them in communal apartments, communal arrangements where they can surveil them, uh, keep an eye on them, listen to them, know what they say. And if any dissident uh, conversation arises, they can re-educate the person who made the comments or whatever. I mean, and then and then there's no privacy, there's no private property, and, uh, and, and they thus destroy the family. Now, in contrast to this, um, and in contrast to the current, you know, family-filled Thanksgiving holidays that that we've just been discussing, Sam. You know, we, here in America, we're not we're not being relegated to to communal apartments, and so they're doing other things to undermine the family. And that's what uh, the uh, the essence of these next two articles is, is discussing. They're using our public schools to to uh, undermine the family, to undermine undermine the values which made America great. Right, Alex de Tocqueville said, uh, "America is great because she is good, and when she ceases to be good, she will cease to be great." So, if government can undermine the values that made us great—our virtue, our character, trustworthiness, honesty, and so forth—then they will also succeed in in undermining the uh, the greatness of America, so that we no longer are good, no longer are great. Um, and so, I, I'm referring now to this. Uh, this exercise that's in the public schools here in Utah. Uh, this was uh, this is called the uh, Take a Stance exercise, um, and uh, Natalie Klein uh, uh, found this was being taught in a school right here in Utah um, this uh, past month, this month of November, and and brought it to our attention. And thank thank goodness that she did. And obviously the solution is to get your children out of public schools. Uh, and, and but you need to know what's happening in your public schools. I imagine you've got this going on in, in a public school near you. It's a it's a lesson activity from an SEL program. SEL stands for Social Emotional Learning, and um, this particular one is is called a mentoring curriculum, so that people don't know that it's SEL, but it's basically SEL. It's nothing more than a survey. Now in Utah. Utah statute requires written parental consent for their children to to take a survey. Well, the schools are not calling this a survey. They're calling it an activity. It's it's just an exercise. And uh, because kids answer the questions by positioning themselves within a classroom, 
rather than answering the questions on paper or electronically, schools are getting away with it, right? They think they can get away with it. Well, if something happens, if something like this happens in your school, then please report it to the Utah Education Hotline. Now, the instructions for this exercise were essentially, Sam, to move desks and chairs out of the way, put a line of tape called home base down the middle of the room, and ask students to stand on home base. Listen to the question, and then walk three steps to the left if they agree with the statement, uh, or three steps to the right if they disagree with the statement. There's no middle ground. Students have 10 seconds to decide whether they agree or disagree. And once all students have moved either left or right, then each student will have an opportunity to defend his position. So, Sam, here, you know, I, there were 20 questions, and we simply don't have time to cover all 20, but I, I, I put a sample of 10. I chose the odd-numbered questions, um, and I'll just pick out a few, and you tell me, you know, whether you think this question is okay for, for school or not, okay? Um, here's a question, number two on my list. People should get married before they start having children. Sam, what do you think? Well, of course children or parents should get married before they have children. Uh, that way there's the most stable environment. Studies prove male and female relationships um, who, legally and lawfully married are the most stable environment for children to be in. Uh, there's been study after study after study that clarify that is reality. So that's the scientific part. Uh, but as a nation, we believe in God's law and male and female created to them, and God put together marriage of a man and a woman to create the fundamental unit of society. Well, Excellent, excellent. Here's another question. Now, if, if you're a male, then the, the statement is, if I got a girl pregnant tomorrow, I would encourage her to have an abortion. And if you're a female student, your statement is, if I get pregnant tomorrow, I would get an abortion. Sam? It's shocking that they would even ask children questions like this because, in my opinion, if you have a baby uh, when you're not ready or when the right parameters are not, uh, whatever you want to say, put in place, the right guardrails for safety and stability for the family and for children, the best example that we gave just a minute ago, uh, then, you know what, there are options. Adoption, there's plenty of options, but what they really want you to believe is the only out is to murder your baby. And that's kind of the inference in this. They don't talk about any of the other alternatives, do they? No, they don't. In fact, Sam, the uh, the common thing here is that there is no middle ground. In other words, you know, yeah, you have to agree with the statement or disagree with it. And there there are certain parts of the statement you need to explain, right? You need to understand and and, and think real critically about it. But but you don't get that chance. You, you're being taught that it's either black or white. There's no middle ground. How about this one? Uh, it's okay for a man to hit a woman if she hits him first, Sam. Give me that one one more time. It's okay for a man to hit a woman if she hits him first. Now let me stop you there. And the reason I wanted you to read that first, or, I'm, I'm sorry, read that again is because if she hits him first, they're trying to goat the discussion here, lol, mm -hmm. with that phrase. I don't think it's a, okay for a man to hit a woman uh, whether she hits him first or not. Mm -hmm. and, and so the reason I bring that up is I kind of backward dissect that question and say, what do you mean if she hits me first? It's not okay to hit her either way. 
but uh, they want you to believe that if she hits first, it's okay. Because remember, they want you to believe that the sexes are identical and equal. Uh, and therefore, hey, if she hits, she should be hit back, just like you would anybody else. See, I think the whole premise is false. And I think they're yeah. baiting uh, the reader here, if they're not very intelligent, to say, wait a minute. Hitting her first, or she hitting him first, is not the discussion. Should you hit a woman should be the question. Should you hit anybody for that matter? Mm-hmm. Now, I get self-defense, but other than that, the answer is a clear no, right? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And so you can read, you can see what's happening here in, in these questions. They're slanted to the left. Um, in other words, uh, this, well, well, one question that I didn't read was about um, it, it's okay. I mean, you agree that uh, Bruce Jenner, uh, uh, you agree with his trans- transition into Caitlyn Jenner, right? Um, well, why didn't they say the statement this way? It's impossible for Bruce Jenner to biologic transition into Caitlyn Jenner, right? I mean, there's two different ways you can pose that issue. And the way they posed it was a left-leaning statement, right? That they're saying they're wanting you to agree that that it's okay for Bruce to become Caitlyn, and but it could have been worded to, more to the right. It could have been worded it, it's impossible for a Bruce Jenner to become a Caitlyn Jenner, right? Why didn't they ask it that way? Well, they want you to think that it's okay to try to to, to be a transgender, right? They're trying to make that normal. And I hate the fact that they're asking these questions because they're putting ideas in the minds of, of our children with with this thing. It's like thinking about pink elephants. If I tell you, Sam, don't think about pink elephants, what immediately comes to your mind? Yeah, for sure, pink elephants. <laughs> exactly. Because you've, and, and, you've focused my mind there. You've intentionally directed mm-hmm. me there. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. And so the, the problem, this type of activity, is it doesn't teach critical thinking doesn't it doesn't require in-depth study of factual data along with environmental and social constructs this exercise asks for a yes no opinion only without allowance for any discussion or presentation and so it it's this wrong on on a number of levels sam it this is happening in our utah schools today and we'll talk about what's happening in virginia schools in in, in the next segment sam but this is alarming sam Ladies and gentlemen, you don't think it's in your schools, but it is. Liberty Roundtable Live in seconds. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Scott Bradley here. Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. 
Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. Sam Bushman, Lowell Nelson, campaign for liberty.org, uh, doing a great job. In Virginia, the schools are really no different. We've got the same discussions going on in schools all across the country, Lowell. And this one in Virginia is uh, called Early Sexualization, right? An extremely invasive survey that promotes early sexualization. Now, Virginia parents are, are raising concerns over this survey, which they view as extremely invasive. Um, apparently, this survey is funded by the CDC. It wants to learn about the health risk behaviors of, of youth administered every odd year in randomly selected Virginia public schools. It's been doing, they've been doing this for years, folks, and if you're in Virginia, you need to know this. And if they're doing it in Virginia and they're doing this in Utah, they're probably doing it in your state as well, wherever you are. Um, one of the parents uh, in Virginia said, from our perspective, parents bear the ultimate primary responsibility for the child, children's education. We, as parents, permit public schools to educate our children, but it's ultimately our responsibility. Frankly, for some of these questions, we're concerned about them even being asked. We think they're a little too personal. So here's question number six from this Virginia survey. Quote, some people describe themselves as transgender when their sex at birth does not match the way they think or feel about their gender. Are you transgender? A, no, I am not transgender. B, yes, I am transgender. C, I am not sure if I'm transgender. D, I do not know what this question is asking. Well, another parent said, asking them about their gender, their feelings, and sexual questions like, did you drink before having sex the last time? I mean, thanks for giving our teenagers ideas. There's questions about drugs, drug use, probably drugs my kids don't even know what they are. Questions about their weight. I mean, way to give teenage girls a complex about their weight. Crazy, period, end of quote. Here's question 58 from the survey. Quote, during your life, with how many people have you had sexual intercourse? A, I've never had sexual intercourse. B, one person. C, two people. D, three people. E, four people. F, five people. G, six or more people. End of quote. Well, I don't know, Sam. I, this just goes on and on, but it, 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 don't think about pink elephants all over again, Sam. That's what it is. Don't think about sexual intercourse. Well, what immediately leaps into the mind of the young person is sexual intercourse, Sam. And we also kind of intimate that, you know what, kind of the more the better. If you read those yeah. questions, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, the more kind of the better, you know. It doesn't say that. 
but by logic it leads to believe or think that by the nature. I mean, only people that are out of touch and not able to get somebody could put A down, right? Yeah, yeah. See, whereas anything else is fine. What you've got with the communists is any sex but the proper role of God-ordained procreation uh, anything but the proper procreation is fine by the communists because that's how they destroy society. It's really important to note, and that's why I spent so much time in the beginning of this discussion a little bit, a little highlighting the difference between the Communist Manifesto uh, and the Constitution because they're 180 degrees different. The Constitution would teach that it's about God, family, and country. The Communist Manifesto would reject God, would jettison the family, and country would be replaced by kind of a tyranny. And sadly, ladies and gentlemen, America is missing the lesson of Africa and COVID-19 in plain sight. Daniel Horowitz with the article, and you say, how does this relate, Sam? And I say, I think this is striking at all proper God-ordained relationships and our ability to look at God for solutions. Lowell? Good point, Sam. Uh, people are claiming something mysterious is happening in Africa because the people in African nations appear to have dodged the pandemic. Well, this is puzzling scientists. It doesn't puzzle you and me, you know, but but it certainly puzzles our scientists. Well, they're being puzzled on purpose. They don't want to admit that the hydroxychloroquine and the ivermectin that's been being administered and has been administered in Africa for decades has any impact on COVID-19. Turns out that since 1987, Merck has been funneling several hundred million doses of ivermectin each year to Central African countries. And and so it turns out that, you know, in, in, in so you contrast uh, Africa and Europe, right? Africa has roughly 6% of, of their people has, have been vaccinated, and but it's just the opposite. In Europe, about 90% of adults uh, have been at least partially vaccinated, and yet, Cases of COVID are up nearly a thousand percent in Europe, and they're way and there's almost no cases in Africa. It, it is crazy. So perhaps you know, and, and so what Horowitz concludes in his column here, found at RonPaulInstitute.org, he says this quote: "It is laughable for the media to entertain parasitic infection as a contributing factor there in, in Africa." He's talking about Africa without mentioning the two drugs being used to treat COVID that are commonly used in these countries to treat parasitic infections. What is also clear, he writes, is that the vaccines simply play no role in determining the trajectory of this pandemic, at least not a positive one, end of quote. So it's, it's case in point, Sam. You compare Africa to Europe. Africa is not vaccinated, no problem with COVID. Europe is highly vaccinated, and they have tons of problems with COVID. What's their solution? Well, we got to lock down again, need more boosters, need more vaccines. It's just crazy, Sam. They, they just don't, it just it makes no sense to the, to the common sense person, Sam. Well, and that's why on one hand, it's so hard for us to connect these dots because at first you think that these things don't relate. Well, when I first start talking about uh, communism, and the way they treat families, and the way they view the appropriate procreative power. And then I talk about how they're teaching this stuff in schools, whether it be Utah or Virginia. And then I say, well, wait a minute, what about the lesson in Africa and COVID? 
And, you know, you come back to the same discussion to where they want to paint their own picture of reality. Forget the fact that ivermectin works. Mm-hmm. Okay, ignore that. Forget the fact that male and female are the God's ordained way uh, to create a family and care for children. Now, for example, Joe Biden's numbers tank as U.S. rattles savers in Russia. So as they continue to get more and more and more abusive of our God-given rights, and we continue to push back, Joel Biden's numbers tank. The support for his agenda tanks. Americans are going, no, we love God. We love family. We love country. And Joe's going, no, I've got to get you off those. And we're saying, no, you've lost your mind, whether it be COVID discussion, whether it be critical race theory discussion, whether it be the communist discussion, or what kind of sex surveys are being peddled in your government schools with our tax dollars discussion. All these lead back to this discussion of tyranny versus liberty. And as Americans start to push back, Joe might go nuclear on us, sir. Yeah, he might launch another war uh, somewhere in the world. Uh, we don't know where the flashpoint for the next world war will be. Might be Korea, might be Ukraine, might be Iran. Uh, but typically, when presidents is when their popularity of a president is is failing, you know, when it's so low, when they're not polling very well, when they're not popular with the people, they'll often go to war in order to drum up support. That's, that's typically what happens, and so what I'm what what um, Ron Paul is saying, he, he's warning us that that you know Biden it, regime might take us to war in order to to uh, garner support for his for him basically, because no president likes to be unpopular, right? Everybody, I mean, their egos are big as as, as a mountain, and they need they need to. To, to stroke their own egos, and so they need to go to war in order to get the American people behind them and with them, and so you know that that may that may happen. I mean, you know, I, I hope and pray that it does not happen, but you know we need to be prepared for one in case it does, because generally you know flagging popularity numbers often foreshadows a war. We just need to be prepared for that, Sam. And I hope it doesn't happen. I pray it doesn't happen, but it might. Sam? Well, it's important to understand that even though we think these things may not be linked, they certainly are. <clears throat> and what happens is if we take the procreative power that God's given us, and we take the male-female relationship seriously as a sacred uh, obligation, a sacred commitment and covenant, uh, then I believe that's at the core of stable, moral, honest families. That's the fundamental unit of society. And then as a result, societies downstream from the family, that's what the Constitution teaches, folks. If we, on the other hand, jettison all that and we look at sex in a communist agenda, you know, how do communists view sex and sexual relationships or romantic relationships? How do things like a monogamy work out? And the bottom line is you get this free-for-all scenario, which is what then rejects the family which is then what rejects God. People are not stable, so they cling to the government for their safety net, for their stability. Uh, <clears throat> well, this is going on in our schools, and this is going on all across our nation, whether it be in schools with these surveys, whether it be in schools with what's taught. Uh, and then you look at the <clears throat> COVID scenario. You look at the global warming scenario. You look at – and every one of these is pushing us towards this decision. Will we remain a moral culture? And reject these notions, 
or will we um, turn our back on all that we hold dear and embrace this, quote, communist vision of not only America but the world? And they're using COVID. They're using war or the potential for war as the dividing factors. What are you going to do? Are you going to support Biden if he claims it's to defend our nation? Are you going to support Biden if he claims that, you know what, social distancing uh, is the only way out of this COVID scenario? You know, we really got to kind of think about it that way because all these things are leading to this core discussion about agency versus tyranny, Lowell. Well, another thing we're distracted from is the way to um, engender good health. Nobody talks about the importance of, of sunshine and of fresh, you know, fruits and vegetables, of eating right, of getting nutritious foods, of gardening, of uh, growing your own, you know, orchard um, uh, fruits, you know, peaches, apples, cherries, apricots, uh, you know, or pineapples, and you know, whatever, wherever, whatever climate you live in, uh, nobody's talking about the importance of growing your own food of uh, growing your own garden, of eating, eating nutritious foods, of, of, of resting the body, the importance of rest, you know, in, in the scheme of things, right? I mean, this, this COVID, I mean, it's, it's like it's, it's not even a, a danger to more than 0.5% of the people of the world, and yet the government has put us through the ringer, so to speak, uh, and, and, and it's failed to, to talk about the important matters of, of health, how you preserve health, letting the body do its thing, of boosting the immune system naturally so that you don't need shots and vaccines and boosters and, and so forth. So that's, a, that's another topic that's been hidden it's a, a, from us. Nobody talks about it because they don't want us to focus on that. They instead want us to focus on the pink elephant, Sam. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We're flat out of time, but incredible columns pointed to by Lil Nelson and others. Got to check them out. They'll be in the show notes, ladies and gentlemen, for you to review more on these topics. But I'm telling you, all things are leading to this discussion about liberty or tyranny. And it's a matter of what we're going to embrace, God's laws or the, in my opinion, uh, views of man. Which will it be for you in your life and in your family? We pray that it's God Almighty. Lil Nelson, thank you so much to the rest of you. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the network refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for starting the 29th. Wow. This is hour two of two, ladies and gentlemen, November 29th in the year of our Lord, 2021. Hard-hitting talk at your fingertips always on your radio. Uh, and we want to talk about Ron Paul today quite a bit. He's doing a great job standing up against Anthony Fauci. The battle's on between the two. There's all kinds of interesting headlines that relate to this, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, the headline that I have that relates to this is kind of two different sound bites all in one. And it's Senator Rand Paul literally quizzing Anthony Fauci down before Congress. And the first one says, Senator Rand Paul, 
you're trying to cover your A. That's uh, in the soundbite, the second one we'll talk about. But the first one, Paul and Fauci clash again in heated exchange. All this is going on on the Senate floor, and the media is not reporting it to you at all. Here's Rand Paul's interaction uh, with Anthony Fauci. Yeah, that is correct. And, and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. Let's okay, you get NIH. one person. Let's read from the NIH definition of gain of function. This is your definition that you guys wrote. Dr. Fauci, as you are aware, it is a crime to lie to Congress. Section 1001 of the U.S. Criminal Code creates a felony and a five-year penalty for lying to Congress. On your last trip to our committee on May 11th, you stated that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And yet, gain-of-function research was done entirely in the Wuhan Institute by Dr. Xi and was funded by the NIH. I'd like to ask unanimous consent to insert into the record the Wuhan virology paper entitled Discovery of a Rich Gene Pool of Bat SARS-Related Coronaviruses. Please deliver a copy of the journal article to Dr. Fauci. In this paper, Dr. Xi credits the NIH and lists the actual number of the grant that she was given by the NIH. In this paper, she took two bat coronavirus genes, spike genes, and combined them with a SARS-related backbone to create new viruses that are not found in nature. These lab-created viruses were then to shown to replicate in humans. These experiments combine genetic information from different coronaviruses that infect animals but not humans to create novel artificial viruses able to infect human cells. Viruses that in nature only infect animals were manipulated in the Wuhan lab to gain the function of infecting humans. This research fits the definition of the research that the NIH said was subject to the pause in 2014 to 2017, a pause in funding on gain of function. But the NIH failed to recognize this, defines it away, and it never came under any scrutiny. Dr. Richard E. Bright, a molecular biologist from Rutgers, described this research in Wuhan as, the Wuhan lab used NIH funding to construct novel chimeric SARS-related coronaviruses able to infect human cells and laboratory animals. This is high-risk research that creates new potential pandemic pathogens, potential pandemic pathogens that exist only in the lab, not in nature. This research matches, these are Dr. Ebright's words, this research matches, indeed epitomizes, the definition of gain-of-function research done entirely in Wuhan, for which there was supposed to be a federal pause. Dr. Fauci, knowing that it is a crime to lie to Congress, do you wish to retract your statement of May 11th where you claimed that the NIH never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Your microphone. Senator Paul, I have never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract that statement. This paper that you are referring to was judged by qualified staff up and down the chain as not being gain of function. 
So what was, let me take, finish. You take an animal virus and you increase its transmissibility to humans, right. you're saying that's not gain of function? Yeah, that is correct. And, and Senator Paul, you do not know what you are talking about, quite frankly. And I want to say that officially. You do not know what you are talking about. Let's okay, you get NIH. one person. Let's read from the NIH definition of gain of function. This is your definition that you guys wrote. It says that scientific research that increases the transmissibility among mammals is gain of function. They took animal viruses that only occur in animals, and they increased their transmissibility to humans. How you can say that is not gain of function? It is not. It's a dance, and you're dancing around this because you're trying to obscure responsibility for 4 million people dying around the world okay. from a pandemic. And, and let's let Dr. Fauci. I have to. Um, well, now you're getting into something. If the point that you are making is that the, the, the grant that was funded as a subaward from EcoHealth to Wuhan created SARS-CoV-2. That's where you are getting. Let me finish. We don't know. Well, we don't wait know a minute. It did I come can, from the lab, but you, all the evidence is pointing that it came from the lab, you, and there will be responsibility for those who funded the lab, including yourself. I totally This committee resent, will allow the witness to respond. I totally resent the lie that you are now propagating, Senator, because if you look at the viruses that were used in the experiments that were given in the annual reports that were published in the literature, it is molecularly impossible. No one's saying those it, viruses it is, caused it. It no is, one is molecularly. Those viruses caused the pandemic. What we're alleging is the gain of function research was going on in that lab and NIH funded it. That you is can't not. Get away from it. It meets your definition and you are obfuscating the truth. I'm Senator not Paul, obfuscating the truth. Senator you Paul's are the one. Time is expired, but I will allow the witness to. Let finish. me just finish. I want everyone to understand that if you look at those viruses, and that's judged by qualified virologists and evolutionary biologists. Those viruses are molecularly impossible no one's to result they are. No in SARS-CoV-2. the pandemic. We're saying they are gain-of-function viruses because yeah, they were animal not. viruses that became more transmissible in human, and you funded it. And you, you admit the truth. And you implying, Senator Paul, your time has expired, and I will allow witnesses right. who come before this committee to respond. And, and you are implying that what we did was responsible for the deaths of individual. I totally resent and it could that. Have been. And if anybody and it could is have been. lying here, Senator, it is you. Uh, Senator Smith. Ladies and gentlemen, so the debate goes on between Fauci and Rand Paul, but in my opinion, a Fauci on very shaky ground. Rand Paul's merely saying, look, you took viruses out in the wild, you put them in mice that had human cells in it, you uh, were able to create a new virus that's human transmittable, uh, and you created gain-of-function research. And what Fauci says is, if you're saying I'm causing death and that I basically created the coronavirus and released it, you're wrong. And therefore, it's not gain-of-function research. Well, the debate really comes down more to, in my opinion, um, you know, why is Fauci going off and saying that Ron Paul, is, or Rand Paul, I'm sorry, Senator Rand Paul is, is saying that uh, Fauci created the coronavirus? Fauci has not said, or I mean, Rand Paul has not said that. What Fauci's trying to do is say, because we didn't create the coronavirus directly and you can't prove it, 
that's proof that we didn't commit gain-of-function research. Rand Paul is saying, wait a minute, I'm not saying you did or did not create the coronavirus at this point. What I'm saying is that you have created gain-of-function research because you've created this new transmittable virus in your lab. Forget corona, forget COVID for a minute. You've committed gain-of-function research. Well, the battle rages between the two, but it's getting hotter because Rand Paul obviously is pushing for Anthony Fauci to resign now and literally saying so in congressional hearings uh, about these topics. And I find that very, very compelling because when you look at it, you go, hmm, Rand Paul's saying, hey, you're trying to cover your A. Fauci going, no, I'm not. Ron Paul's like, or Rand Paul's like, hey, you have fun to gain a function research. Well, it comes down to definition. And Rand even says, hey, you know what? You guys have taken the definition off of the website for the National Institutes of Health, the NIH, and you've replaced it with a new definition. And Fauci doesn't really dispute him on that. He merely points to, hey, this definition is uh, widely accepted by everybody now. We're updating our science. There's, you know. So there you have it. We can't even agree on the on the definition of gain of function research. Therefore, hey, Anthony Fauci can claim over and over and over that he didn't commit it. As long as you have a definition that divorces us from the discussion, from reality, then of course he didn't create gain of, gain of function research, right? If you, on the other hand, accept Rand Paul's definition, which is the definition that he, NIH used to have, then clearly gain of function research was committed. The fact that it may or may not be related to the coronavirus being created and or released is another topic. But it's interesting how Fauci wants them to be one and the same as he tries to deceive the people on gain-of-function research. What Fauci's afraid of is that once you establish gain-of-function research proof, then you say, okay, well, where have we gone from there? And it's the next steps that will get Fauci in big trouble. And Fauci doesn't want to even get to those steps. He's been trained or guided or whatever by others to make sure that he knows not to go there when we come back though we're going to play the other segment that i think relates to this big time directly related to the battle between Rand paul and anthony fauci we'll do it in seconds on liberty roundtable live Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way, but actually gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? 
Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on the road and on your radio. We're talking about Anthony Fauci and Rand Paul having a big old meltdown battle in the Senate chambers, if you will. Uh, Rand Paul basically saying you created gain-of-function research. Fauci uh, playing games with words. Here's the rest of the discussion. Dr. Fauci, I don't expect you today to admit that you approved of NIH funding for gain-of-function research in Wuhan. But your repeated denials have worn thin, and a majority of Americans, frankly, don't believe you. Even the NIH now admits that EcoHealth Alliance did perform experiments in Wuhan that created viruses not found in nature that actually did gain in lethality. The facts are clear. The NIH did fund gain-of-function research in Wuhan, despite your protestations. You can deny it all you want, but even the Chinese authors of the paper, in their paper, admit that viruses not found in nature were created, and yes, they gained in infectivity. Your persistent denials, though, are not simply a stain on your reputation, but are a clear and present danger to the country and to the world. As Professor Kevin Esfeldt of MIT has written, gain-of-function research looks like a gamble that civilization can't afford to risk. And yet here we are again with you steadfast in your denials. Why does it matter? Because gain-of-function research with laboratory-created viruses not found in nature could cause a pandemic even worse the next time. We're suffering today from one that has a mortality of approximately 1%. They're experimenting with viruses that have mortalities of between 15 and 50%. Yes, our civilization could be at risk from one of these viruses. Experiments that combine unknown viruses with known pandemic-causing viruses are incredibly risky. Experiments that combine unknown viruses with coronaviruses that have as much as 50% mortality could endanger civilization as we know it. And here you sit, unwilling to accept any responsibility for the current pandemic and unwilling to take any steps to prevent gain-of-function research from possibly unleashing an even more deadly virus. You mislead the public by saying that the published viruses could not be COVID. Well, exactly no one is alleging that. No one is alleging that the published viruses by the Chinese are COVID. What we are saying is that this was risky type of research, gain-of-function research. It was risky to share this with the, with the Chinese and that COVID may have been created from a not-yet-revealed virus. We don't anticipate the Chinese are going to reveal the virus if it came from their lab. You know that, but you continue to mislead. You continue to support NIH money going to Wuhan. You continue to say you trust the Chinese scientist. 
you appear to have learned nothing from this pandemic. Will you today finally take some responsibility for funding gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator, with all due respect, I disagree with so many of the things that you've said. Gain, first of all, gain-of-function is a very nebulous term. We have spent, not us, but outside bodies, a considerable amount of effort to give a more precise definition to the type of research that is of concern that might lead to a dangerous situation. You are aware of that. That is called P3CO. We're aware that you deleted gain of function from the NIH well, website. Well, I can get back to that in a moment if we have time. But let's get back to the operating framework and guide rails of which we operate under. And you have ignored them. The guidelines are very, very clear that you have to be dealing with a pathogen that clearly is shown and very likely to be highly transmissible in an uncontrollable way in humans and to have a high degree of morbidity and mortality and that you do experiments to enhance that. Hence the word EPPP, enhanced pathogens of potemic, potential So when EcoHealth Alliance took the virus, well, SHC014, and combined it with WIV1 and caused a recombinant virus that doesn't exist in nature, and it made mice sicker, mice that had humanized cells, you're saying that that's not gain-of-function research? According to the framework and guidelines. So what you're doing P3. is defining away gain of function. No. You're simply saying it doesn't exist because you changed the definition on the NIH website. This is terrible, and you're, you're completely trying to escape right. the idea that we should do something about trying to prevent a pandemic from leaking from a lab. There's, the preponderance of evidence now points towards this coming from the lab, and what you've done is changed the definition right. on your website to try to cover your ass, basically. That's what you've done. You've changed the website to try to have a new definition that doesn't include the risky research that's going on. Until you admit that it's risky, we're not going to get anywhere. You have to admit that this research was risky. The NIH has now rebuked them. Your own agency has rebuked them. But that's, the thing is, is you're still unwilling to admit that they gained in function when they say they became sicker. They gained in lethality. It's a new virus. That's not gain of function. According to the definition that is currently <laughs> operable, you know, Senator, let's one. make it clear for the people who are listening. The current definition was done over a two- to three-year period by outside bodies, including the NSABB, two conferences by the National Academy of Science, Engineering, and Medicine on December 2014, March 2016. We commissioned external risk-benefit assessment, and then on January of 2017, the Office of Science and Technology Policy of the White House issued the current policy. And coincidentally, I, I coincidentally have not changed the definition any definition. On the same day the NIH said that, yes, there was a gain of function in Wuhan, the same day the definition appeared the new definition to try to define away what's going on in Wuhan. Until you accept it, until you expect, accept responsibility, we're not going to get anywhere right. close to trying to prevent another lab leak of this dangerous sort of experiment. You won't admit well, that it's dangerous, and for that lack of judgment, I think it's time that you resign. Thank you, Senator Paul, and I would like um, to give the time to Dr. Fauci. Yeah, well, there were so many things that are egregious misrepresentation here, uh, Madam Chair, 
that I, I don't think I'd be able to refute all of them, but just a couple of them for the listens to hear for. You have said that I am unwilling to take any responsibility for the current pandemic. I have no responsibility for the current pandemic. The current pandemic, okay? Number two, you said the overwhelming amount of evidence indicates that's a lab leak. I believe most card-carrying viral phylogenists and molecular virologists would disagree with you that is much more likely, even though we leave open all possibilities, it's much more likely that this was a natural occurrence. Third, you say we We've can tested 80,000 animals and no animals Senator have been Paul, found with COVID. Senator Paul, the time is first. And third, you made a statement just a moment ago that's completely incorrect, where you say we continue to support research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. You proved it in August of last year. No, no, your statement says, quote, I wrote it down as you were writing. You continue to support research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. You were in committee a month ago Which and said you still Paul, trust the Chinese scientists and you still support the research over there. You said it a month ago Senator in committee. Senator Paul, I have allowed Dr. Fauci to respond. You've had your time. I'm going to give him He's a, going to be dishonest. Minute. He ought to be challenged. S Senator Paul, we will allow Dr. Fauci to respond after you've given accusations like that. Dr. Fauci. Well, I don't have any more to say except to say that, as usual, and I've, I have a great deal of respect for this body of the Senate, and it makes me very uncomfortable to have to say something, but he is egregiously incorrect in what he says. Thank you. Thank History you. will figure that out on its own. We will turn to Senator Hassan. Thank you. There you have it. There you have it, my fellow Americans. The debate rages on. But what I find fascinating about the debate is Anthony Fauci literally uh, in my view, ignoring the truth, and that's really what the American people have to kind of decide, is Fauci, Fauci telling the truth or is Rand Paul telling you the truth? And that, for example, is the debate, but it's as Rand Paul wisely points out, it's for history to decide. It's for we the people to decide. Fauci claims, hey, this definition's changed, yes. He's admitting it's changed, but he's saying, hey, it's been changed for quite a while now. It took us three years to make the change. Rand Paul saying, look, this isn't a nebulous term. The fact is, in labs, you made viruses that are lethal, that make mice sicker, that did not exist before your lab created them. And I call that gain-of-function research. Fauci is saying we don't call that gain-of-function research, but yes, it did happen. Now the debate becomes Fauci saying you're suggesting that we created corona and that we're guilty of killing people. Rand Paul saying I said no such thing. That isn't accurate. Well, there you have the debate, ladies and gentlemen. Did Fauci fund and create gain-of-function research? And did they achieve it? Do you believe Rand Paul? Or do you believe Fauci? That no, the definition's changed, so therefore, based on the, quote, nebulous definition... I didn't, and it doesn't qualify. What do you believe, my fellow Americans? That's the question for you. Hang tight. Liberty Roundtable Live. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
USA Radio News with Lance Pry. As the Omicron variant of COVID-19 was announced out of South Africa on Friday, many leaders around the world are considering lockdown modes again. A one-size-fits-all response to something that affects all people differently. NIH doctor Francis Collins on CNN says we don't know the science behind Omicron in just three days. How severe would it be? We have no data so far to suggest that it would be. There's even a bit of a report from South Africa that maybe people with this are milder than the usual case. Dr. Anthony Fauci on CBS News says he is science and knows best for all Americans. So if they get up and criticize science... Nobody's going to know what they're talking about. But if they get up and really aim their bullets at Tony Fauci, well, people could recognize there's a person there. So it's easy to criticize. But they're really criticizing science because I represent science. We are USA Radio News. Right now, we are being joined by Emily Dalton-Smith, who happens to be the head of social impact with Meta, and she is joining us to share with us how we can get involved in Giving Tuesday. Emily, take it away. As another pandemic year begins to wind down, we want to focus on the goodness we see across our platforms. The power of social connection is changing how people give back to their communities, and I'm really excited to see how people will get involved this Giving Tuesday. I'm also proud Meta is supporting what's important to our community by matching up to $8 million in donations made to nonprofits. Whether you're supporting a Black-owned business through Buy Black Friday, donating to a stranger's fundraiser about a cause you love, or doing something completely different, I really hope people will consider giving. It can make all the difference in the world for someone and can be pretty impactful for the giver, too. And, Emily, where can we go for more information? You can check out all the details on how Meta is encouraging giving back this holiday season by visiting fb.me slash givingseason2021. The very expensive partisan social spending bill President Biden refers to as Build Back Better has zero Republican support because they say it's not good for America. Federal lawmakers back on Capitol Hill this week, and they'll immediately be tackling the Build Back Better bill that President Biden's been pushing. Senator Amy Klobuchar, the Democrat from Minnesota, says there's been a lot of talk that Joe Manchin, the U.S. senator from West Virginia, who often sides with Republicans, is going to help see to it that this bill doesn't pass. Klobuchar saying on ABC's This Week. As Senator Manchin is still at the negotiating table, talking to us every day, talking to us about voting rights, uh, he is talking to us about this bill. And the first part is the defense bill and a bridge to the budget. Vast majority of senators support that. We'll get that done. With Manchin's vote so critical to Democrats, Republicans are hoping he will torpedo the bill. And for USA Radio News, I'm Chris Barnes. Thanks for listening. We are USA Radio News. Live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on the road and Sam Bushman on your radio talking about Rand Paul really having a battle with Fauci on the Senate floor. Fauci claiming, hey, new definition. I didn't create gain-of-function research. Rand Paul says, you know what, by all logical definitions, you certainly did. You could play games and change the definition if you want to. You can play games and claim it's not true, but it is. You, my fellow Americans, need to hear the exchange and decide who you believe. I personally believe Rand Paul's spot on, and Fauci's a squirrely snake, a weasel, uh, trying to avoid this. Bottom line, Anthony Fauci should resign, Rand Paul says, and I completely concur with that view. Uh, Rand Paul speaking out about this even further in uh, all kinds of news organizations now. Uh, there was an interview uh, last Thursday with Rand Paul in the Daily Signal. And the headline of this article basically says, Rand Paul, quote, militants pushing 
CRT, critical race theory, and gender ideology want to hold your kid down and give them a vaccination shot without your permission, Daily Signal. Health officials, by the way, have not completely explored the safety of COVID-19 vaccines for children, Senator Rand Paul explains. And he warned calling for more examinations into the risks that the vaccines may pose to young children. These are the same people that want to teach critical race theory, the Kentucky senator explained in an interview on Thursday with the Daily Signal. They're the same people that want to teach your children at a kindergarten age if they're a boy and they want to become a girl. No problem. This is the craziness being foisted upon our children in school. But it's also the same crazy people that want to force your kid to receive a vaccination shot. We need to fight back against these people, says Dr. Rand Paul. The Food and Drug Administration's October 29th emergency use authorization of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccination for children has sparked concerns that, hey, they're (laughs) – They're pushing for this authorization to mandate vaccinations for children. The concerns are not unfounded, ladies and gentlemen. On October 1st, October, I'm sorry, on October 1st, California became the first state in the nation to create a vaccination mandate for children attending in-person schooling. Now understand that, you know what, about 10 plus percent of the nation lives in California. This is huge. And in early November, Senator Ted Cruz, Republican of Texas, introduced a bill at prohibiting all entities that receive federal funding, including school districts, preventing them from receiving or enforcing COVID-19 vaccinations for children. I don't think that we have completely explored the, explored the safety for children, Rand Paul told the Daily Signal. Number one, you don't know if your children's already had COVID or not, and if it's safe after they've already had COVID to take the vaccines. You say, how could that be? The CDC voted on it. Didn't they do a study? Didn't they look at several thousand children? Paul asked as he mocked the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. Yeah, they looked at a couple of thousand But they say that children who have already had the disease or who have already had COVID-19, they're no good for the study because they've already had the disease. They understand natural immunity. They just feign as if they don't understand natural immunity. But by excluding kids that have already had COVID-19, we don't know if the side effects are more common in people who have already had the disease. Because here's the idea. If you've already had COVID and then you take the vaccine on top of it, you get a thousand times the response. The immune response of a 10-year-old or a 15-year-old potentially could be so exuberant that it could lead to inflammatory conditions such as an inflamed heart, Dr. Rand Paul explains. God God forbid, he claims, Your healthy kid who is not really at risk much for COVID-19 might be at much greater risk for your children. 
Fauci's approach says, put your head in the sand, don't question me, I'm the god scientist on this, and uh, ignore all the riffraff. Rand Paul saying, we don't have the evidence we need to determine safe delivery and safe, effective uh, delivery of the vaccine. Paul's reference was to Dr. Anthony Fauci's uh, he basically called out publicly several times. They've sparred about this debate. Paul predicted that public schools will forbid entry for school children who are not vaccinated. Now think about that for a minute, ladies and gentlemen. Fortunately, I survived all this. The Kentucky Republican said about this regarding his three children. He says, I've already had my children grow up. But the Biden administration's vaccine mandate for private employers have been stayed in court. We hope the courts will call it unconstitutional. But you know what? We had vaccines in schools, and we've had them for a long time. And we don't really see that the courts will help us much with that. That's what is being said now. I find that interesting as Rand Paul predicts that public schools will mandate vaccinations. What do you think of that, folks? Where are we going to go with that? That's really the, in my opinion, the epic question to be had right now is, what does that all mean? Paul predicted that public schools will forbid entry for students who are not vaccinated. Does that scare the heck out of you folks? What will parents do then? Will they still keep their kids in the government schools? Or what do you think will happen? Any idea? Any expectations? See, I don't think health officials have properly assessed the safetyness of vaccines for not only children, but for parents, too. And the senator also addressed Anthony Fauci's suggestion, okay, where Fauci basically says, hey, those Trump people believe they can make whatever decision they want to. It's a misinformed viewpoint. Fauci's comments are basically saying, hey, if government wants to mandate vaccines, they can. The safety of the people trump your rights, says Fauci. Well, Fauci's comments, in my opinion, and according to Rand Paul, reflect a casual disregard for what this country was founded upon. Paul told the Daily Signal that rights come from our creator that they're guaranteed and enshrined in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. But Paul said of Fauci, he just wants you to listen to his authority. He has the authority. He wants people to listen. But I think that's authoritarianism. I reject it, said Rand Paul. I think he's right as rain on this. This is kind of the stuff we're talking about. It's like, where do we go from here? And Rand Paul is predicting that they are going to force vaccines for government schools. They just will. And so there you have it. Now, Americans are now being warned. Prepare for vaccine mandate to board a plane. Democrats and health overlords are tyrants, and they crave power rights. Joe Kovacs, in his latest WND.com article. So what do you think of that? Are they going to require vaccinations on a plane? And if so, how quick? Prepare for vaccine mandates to board a plane. 
These people are tyrants. I agree with that big time. All right? Um, we got to really be careful about this. This is serious. But Anthony Fauci is battling with the American people on it. Now, let's play uh, – let's get this Fauci one sound bite and see if we can play this really quick before the break, Cameron. Um, Fauci is being interviewed by these newsmakers, <clears throat> uh, and so they ask him questions about – they ask him questions about where we go with this thing. Here's soundbite one. It's a very short clip from Fauci, but here it is. Should we have a vaccine mandate for domestic travel, air travel? You know, Chuck, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to make any, any pronouncements about what we should have about vaccine mandates for travel. We know that we evaluate these things literally in real time all the time. You know, everything is discussed and everything is on the table, right? Everything is on the table, right? I don't want to speak to whether we're going to have these lockdowns for travel, but everything's on the table, right? That's Fauci's comments, ladies and gentlemen, to this discussion. Does that make you feel comfortable? It doesn't make me feel comfortable at all, especially when Fauci, Fauci won't even admit, even though others have admitted the gain-of-function research has taken place, Fauci still won't admit it. Americans are warned to prepare for vaccine mandates before you board a plane. Wow, when we get back, we'll play the other soundbite from Anthony Fauci. We'll get to what it means, and we'll get to what's happening in the country regarding coronavirus and a whole lot more. Final segment in seconds, you are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing Foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various Foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org.
that, ladies and gentlemen. I think they're fixing to go for broke on this thing, ladies and gentlemen. Anthony Fauci pushing vaccinations like nobody's business. So when they asked, hey, are you going to have to have a vaccine passport or vaccine proof to go on a plane? Fauci said, I don't want to really talk about, you know, what the travel is, but I'm going to tell you that everything is on the table. That's a scary statement to say the least. But nevertheless, it gets worse. Here's Fauci one more time. This will be clip two, Anthony Fauci two. Um, Really, where do we go with this? And here's what Fauci says. Listen carefully. Should we expect to be seeing more lockdowns again, new lockdowns, more mandates? You know, I don't know, George. It's really too early to say. We just really need to, as I've said so often, prepare for the worst. Wow. Prepare for the worst. Everything is on the table. Is that what it is? Prepare for the worst. Everything is on the table. Now, it's interesting how tyrannical we're getting with this. So government schools... According to Rand Paul, Rand Paul's predicting that, hey, the government schools are going to require vaccinations. The airlines considering forcing vaccination proof to even fly on a plane. Big companies literally ignoring the courts and saying, we don't care if you're saying uh, no vaccines. We're going to do vaccines anyway, right? Well, it gets worse because a, a big guy got fired. So I don't know if you know, but Cumulus Radio, those are the people that used to syndicate Rush Limbaugh. Cumulus Radio signed Fox News host and popular podcaster Dan Bongino to host the show that it was over, on over 300 markets in Rush Limbaugh's old time slot, right? So Jan, or Dan Bongino was the guy that was taken over. But Bongino, a former NYD, NYPD police officer, and Secret Service agent became a media sensation for his blunt talk in defense of Joe or Donald Trump. But Bongino's show vanished from the airwaves, ladies and gentlemen, after he refused to go along. As long as the corporate company, Cumulus, forced people to take the vaccines. In other words, hey, I won't work with the company, says Dan Bongino, if they force their unethical and immoral vaccine mandate. Tyrannical and unethical vaccine mandate. He said, I won't work with a company like that. Okay? In the final episode posted online, Bongino told listeners that, you know what, that the standoff with Cumula has reached a stalemate, a breaking point, because Cumulus will not budge on their authoritarian vaccine mandate. Bongino explained that Americans own autonomy over their own bodies, and that Bongino saw vaccine mandates as a red line he refused to cross. They didn't consult with us content providers. I strong, strongly object to the mandate. Behind the scenes, it's getting a little ugly. You don't treat people this way. You don't let people go because they claim their body is their own, Benjino explains. Now, it's a big battle 
But again, I submit to you that it's a big battle that we're uh, not willing to stand up enough for as society because they're continuing their shenanigans, right? Why on earth would we allow this to continue? Well, Americans are in fear. But hey, if you're going to have to have a vaccine on a plane, if uh, they're literally uh, in school trying to force your kid to have a shot, Cumulus Radio host gets fired when the the guy that replaced Rush Limbaugh literally gets jettisoned because he won't go along with their tyrannical agenda. Wow, they take him flat out off the airwaves. What do you think of that, folks? Well, Florida is now tied with Hawaii for the lowest daily COVID-19 positives or cases, if you will. Uh, They're tied with Hawaii for the lowest number. I think that's great news. Now, it's kind of been said uh, as they beat up on and are dishonest about Ron DeSantis, they claim, well, Ron just wants to kill everybody. That's why he doesn't have these vaccine mandates in place. But now we're finding out today, Florida is now tied with Hawaii for the lowest rate of anybody. How does that stack up to all you forced vaccinated states, to all you forced mask-wearing states, to all all you states who are creating tyrannies and shutting your people down and businesses down everywhere all the time, right? A new study comes out. There's more and more evidence that proves this. We've known it for a long time, but evidence continues to mount as they continue to push for lockdowns. But headline says, naturally immune people at little risk of reinfection from the severe disease known as COVID-19. The study was published in the New England Journal of Medicine, and it was funded by, I don't know, Sintra Medicine, Hammond Medical Corp, uh, Qatar, and Qatar's Ministry of Public Health. Uh, anyway, very, very strange. As I look at this, I go, wow, very strange stuff in the news about COVID. But I'm telling you right now, it's getting worse. They're going to force us all to take vaccines, I think, folks. I don't know that we're going to be able to get out of it. You want to know why? Because we're an immoral people, and we're being punished. And uh, I don't think that there's enough people to stand against it. I really don't. Most people are just putting up their hands and going, it's too controversial. It's not for me. I don't get into that. Others are like, hey, we've got to take the vaccine. They've found some core issues, the debate between male and female. And the debate over vaccines and masks, and they're going to divide us, divide us, divide us till they win. And Americans don't see it and or are not willing to stand up. But literally, natural immunity is key. It prevents severe disease. So there you have it, striking at the very heart of the family in every case. Now, headline says deep state agencies like the FBI... CIA and the NSA have a major Achilles heel that they're deftly afraid of, and that is the age-old whistleblower. Rand Paul's doubling down and highlighting this reality of how scared they are. And people are starting to realize that, you know what? Deep state agencies like the FBI in these days, they're out of control. You take Edward Snowden. You take Julian Assange. 
you take these other whistleblowers, and how much would we know about the tyrannical acts of government had these guys not blown the whistle? They blew the whistle. They've done a tremendous job in doing so. We've got to commend them, but, man, they're in trouble. Well, Rand Paul is saying we need more whistleblowers. I agree with Dr. Paul on this, but, uh, you know, we especially need whistleblowers when it comes to the vaccines, about how many people are dying from vaccines, about the side effects that the hospitals and medical personnel know regarding these. The VARS database has lots of adverse reactions in it, well over 800,000 to date, well over 20,000 people dead just in the United States because of the COVID vaccines. But if we had whistleblowers to really highlight this, that would be tremendous because as we are told, the VARS only relates to about 1% of the real issue. Well, whistleblowers could make up that gap and highlight the truth. There's been a few whistleblowers, but not enough. The mainstream press can kind of just shut us down and ignore us and not really talk about it much. That's what they've been doing, right? It's going to take more Americans, folks. You can't have just you know a couple of guys in the media like me speaking out about it and nobody else talking about it. You've got to create a groundswell. You've got to create enough educated foot soldiers that understand and that are willing to get engaged in the fight. If you don't have that, we're nowhere, right? So anyway, I commend um, Dan Bongino for standing up. Maybe he wants to come over to Liberty News Radio from Cumulus, huh? Somebody call him and give him the word that we'll go ahead and, uh, you know, launch his show for him if he wants to. <laughs> very interesting how the big companies are just at battle with the very people. You thought Cumulus was kind of a conservative group, didn't you? Oh, no, they're forcing the vaccine to the point where Dan had to just literally part ways over it, right? But I'm glad Florida is got low vaccination retransmission rates. That's great news, right? In other words, you got vaccinated people transmitting this virus all over the place. Well, there's a lot less people in Florida vaccinated, and there's a lot less people that are willing to wear masks, etc. And as a result, you see less, not more. And how about the naturally immune people? How many naturally immune people to the coronavirus do you think we have in America today? How come they never give you that statistic? They give you how many are vaxxed. Oh, 70% of the American people have at least had one dose of the vaccine, et cetera, et cetera. How many people are naturally immune already? How many people have got the coronavirus, did not take the vaccine, and are safe and effective? Or how many people really were um, naturally immune but did get the vaccine who may not have needed to? That's another really important question, right? All right, anyway, naturally immune people at Little risk of reinfection, new studies say. Every time I turn around, there's a new study documenting this reality, and I think it's wonderful news. Wonderful for us to get the truth, but it's very hard to get. It's very hard to gain the truth, isn't it? All right, well, there you have it. I hope we have whistleblowers, specifically whistleblowers that will deal with this vaccination cover-up, about how many people are dying for the vaccines, about if they're instructed not to report when people have adverse reactions and or death from the vaccinations, I'd really like whistleblowers to stand up and put a perspective on this force that we can really carry forward. That would be important. All right, there's a big university discussion going on that I want to finish the hour telling you about. It's a big university discussion warning that Thanksgiving is nothing but a celebration of genocide, and participants are now proposing monetary reparations over this, it was activist Dakota Nicole and Counselor Jorney Baldwin who led the talks about this. 
Um, and I find that very interesting. But you get universities literally promoting that Thanksgiving is racist, it's evil. Campus reform explained that the bulk of the event was spent in an open platform where attendees had the opportunity to share their thoughts about three primary social points relating to this. You ready for them? What might it look like to decolonize our understanding of this holiday and the culture surrounding it? Wow. What can we do this Thanksgiving to begin to wreck our relationships damaged by colonization, both human to human and human to earth? I didn't know you had a human to earth relationship, did you? How can we do this in such a way that will encourage folks to partner rather than ostracized by speaking truth to power? How does inviting a diverse perspective play into this, they ask? Anyway, in my opinion, you got these university professors that are just crazy. They're literally wanting you to believe that Thanksgiving is a celebration of genocide and destruction and that we need monetary reparations for all those who suffer because you and I celebrate Thanksgiving. You see how unhinged these people have really become? It is shocking. All right, hour two in the can now. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. Hopefully it was educational and entertaining. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the republic.